This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we're your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Alexis. And we are on our last episode of the amazing Chan and the Chan clan and the whisper scatting that has brought us through the last two months of this arc. Grace, promise me you'll never stop whisper scatting. (laughs) I would never stop whisper scatting. We, before we started recording today, came up with an entire scenario in which uh, Alexis and I slowly lose our fucking minds because we start hearing whisper scatting any, everywhere and then we mm-hmm. get committed and then we can't stop hearing the whisper scatting and then that's the last you ever hear of us. Ever. Um, so yeah, so enjoy it. This may be our last episode. <laughs> ever. Yeah, if you can't ever. find us again, we've been fully, we're committed. on, we're Shutter Island style. We're out. <laughs> uh, Leo thinks that his, uh, his family is like surrounding him or whatever. We think the amazing Chan clan <laughs> running around us in institution. Like literally in the, in Shutter Island, how like Leo's character guy is like thinking he's an investigator solving the crime. We think we're yeah. part of the amazing Chan family <laughs> solving the crime with them. Dibs on Nancy. I'm Nancy. God damn it. All right, well, I, I'm going to... Take whatever medicine I need to be sane again because now it's not fun. It's not fun anymore. It's only fun if we're Nancy. Yes. Uh, Clearly the best her. member of the family. We're giving her Bye. justice for all the, the lack of the justice best. that was given to her in the OG <laughs> At the series. Time. Yes. Yes. And um yeah, so this is our last uh Lex will be telling the last Chan story for the time mm-hmm. being. And then we will have a new arc of a show that we just decided on before we start recording this episode. It is mm-hmm. iconic. It was life-changing for some of us on this show, maybe perhaps both of us. Yes. I don't want to speak for her. It was suggested by one of Bird's cousins. It was. We'll give him a shout out when we do that yes. episode next week. Um, if he's listening now, he might already know because yes, it was I just like two weeks ago that he suggested it to me, two weeks ago from our recording this. Right. So two months and two weeks ago from recording this. Yes, um, from the published date. I think yeah. I at one point tried to dress up as one of the characters for Halloween. Oh, I can't um, wait to show. hear which one when we talk about it I mean, it it's like week. the laziest costume you could possibly have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get into it. Um. Anyways. But get excited mm-hmm. it is a banger indeed but until then yeah. um please enjoy our last episode of the amazing chan chan clan mm-hmm. you know like subscribe review leave us five All stars wherever you're listening tell some friends and yeah. buckle up because apparently this episode ties into our last episode in a way that i'm not pervy to yet but i am mm-hmm terrified to find out how Eh. and overjoyed overjoyed (laughs) (laughs) it's not terrifying perhaps i oversold the connection and i mean last week's episode we uh, two weeks ago your episode your last episode for this one i was like i'm making it part of mine now last second Um, decision so we're gonna wildly speculate them together as much as we damn well please Mm-hmm. And so what I'll actually say, so if folks haven't uh, 
heard last week's episode, go back and listen real yeah. quick and then come back here. And the and, one before that. Yes, because and the one before and the one before. Yeah. True. Just go back last, and listen to our entire Amazing yes, Tan Clan. But at least the uh, last two episodes to yes. connect to this one, maybe. What I will posit that just came to my head okay. is that yes. while in the last episode they were abroad in some nondescript Middle Eastern and or Northern African country, an yes. Islamic country of sorts, uh grace you said that charlie was good friends with the the sultan yeah a former classmate with him yeah. and that that's why they were there to yep you know see him being crowned as the sultan after riding the white elephant mm-hmm. however i would like to say that in fact they were there because the chan clan is on a parade tour and that their initial purpose was to perform in the parade crowning the sultan and that you know they kind of got the gig because charlie was friends with the sultan like Like, the cruise ship gig just like the cruise ship gig he was friends with miss van norton the richest lady (laughs) on the cruise ship and I think that the Chan clan is continuing their parade tour because this week they're with dad performing in none other than a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans. Oh, <laughs> shit, it's about to get wild. It's about to get wild. They've got a float. It's got the Chan clan written all over it. They're playing that super catchy yet concerning stalker song <laughs> about... <laughs> We covered it a couple episodes ago when they were on the cruise ship or a few weeks back. We've got fireworks and all this lighting the night sky. Families of all sorts and all sorts of folks and whatnot are in the streets enjoying the festivities because anyone who is American knows Mardi Gras is probably the biggest party in the country, Mm -hmm. especially in its hometown, at least American hometown of new orleans louisiana oh yeah baby so meanwhile while <laughs> this is a great one i'm very excited and actually i'm going to pause right there to say <clears throat> or give a disclaimer perhaps warning because oh, no. i can't do an episode in louisiana without imitating some of the characters yes so i'm gonna, move, I I'm gonna do like... my best foghorn leghorn yosemite sam type of accent <laughs> While talking about these these characters, because that's how they all talk. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, disclaimer, I apologize for the writer's like poor Bayou accents, but I'm oh, glad no. we're going to do them instead. We're going to do them. If oh, it, look, yeah. We're Americans, so we're allowed to make fun <laughs> of Americans. I don't feel kind mm-hmm. making fun of people from other countries. We're going to go ahead and lean on into the, or AKA, I'm going to lean on into this to the best that I can. I don't yes, have a raspy yes. voice and a deep, like, baritone voice. So there's only so much I can do, but I'm going to do my best. Gosh darn it. Gosh darn <laughs> it. Even, it's funny because I also, this is a super side note that I promise I'll get back on script here. I don't even care, just I recently it. watched the first season of True Detective, which is an awesome show on uh, HBO slash HBO Max. Mm-hmm. The first season, it's like an anthology crime series. And the mm-hmm. first season takes place deep in Louisiana. So everybody talks so like you're this. ready. <laughs> so I'm ready. You were doing your ready. homework for this episode. <laughs> Yes, by watching a murder mystery. Hell, yes. <laughs> actually kind of scary. So, <laughs> all right. The Chan clan, they're enjoying this parade. They're there playing that super catchy stalker song. And meanwhile, Charlie, he's at a quaint little costume party at a house that overlooks oh. the parade route. It's Ooh, nice. nice. Yeah, and, and a hookup on Mardi Gras. 
It is because I think it is kind of like they're also staying in this house. It's like an mm. it's either an Airbnb situation or similar to past episodes. The owner is a friend of Charlie's and he just Got it. happens to have 10 extra rooms for all of these kids. And <laughs> <Yeah>. Charlie <laughs> Charlie rolls with a rich crowd. He was literally he friends does. with a son. Yeah. I mean, his son, as we've discussed in the past couple episodes, is about to marry into a royal family. The son-in-law of a sultan. The son-in-law of a sultan. So. <laughs> Also in attendance at this party, we've got the host, aka the homeowner, a man by the name of Mr. Brett LeBeau. Uh, LeBeau. LeBeau, very classic French name or like uh, Creole American, whatever Uh name. Uh, His fiance, Scarlett Avondale. Amazing. His younger brother, they don't really say his name but at some point it sounds like they're calling him worth or like worthington maybe so we're going to say his name is worthington lebeau and then we've also got um i think this guy is an attorney named mr beasley and Mm. the family's servant uh craven (laughs) real quick i have a quick question before you dive in costume party is charlie chan just in his blue suit still (laughs) does he have like a mask on does he have some beads no no he hasn't been taking his shirt off for anybody Uh, no beads no no, no flashing (laughs) he's in the balcony those kids aren't there my kids can't see this no so i will say he is Half of the people in attendance are in costume. Charlie okay. is not. However, and I did note this later in the script, like a minor note, he is not wearing a hat. Charlie Chan's not wearing a hat in this episode. Which is this his hair is, weird? It is. It's got it like a very prominent like widow's peak. And it's it just it it's happened not. for like one second in one of my episodes. And I was like, Yeah. What is Put this? The hat this back is a on, buddy. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, that's strange. I guess he's being polite, showing some Southern yeah, his hat off. hospitality. I don't know. Hospitality. That's his costume. He's not a detective. <laughs> he's just a normal <laughs> businessman. In so costume. He's just wearing his normal blue Stanley suit. is like, yeah. oh my God. Well done, father. Well done. <laughs> father, the true master. <laughs> so... But like I said, a few other people, they are in costume. We've okay. got Brett dressed up just as a devil. Um, he's got awesome. like a long black coat cloak on and like devil horns. And we've got Scarlet wearing like an antebellum type dress. Okay. Which is also kind of funny because she looks like she may be black. Like she's very light skin tone, but Uh-oh. like possibly mixed. So it's like her maybe like, ha, take that. Who's wearing the antebellum dress now? <laughs> I'm taking it back, motherfucker. Yes, we're owning it. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, we're going to say it's that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to say that. And then we've got Worthington in like this hybrid, like blue jester slash musketeer suit with a masquerade type mask on and like the hat that has like the points oh, yeah. the ends that kind of like point up yeah. yeah not like the jingles but it just curves it has like two arms that curve it's weird you'll put the picture on it for <laughs> yeah. the folks watching People on watching youtube like, we see it we see it so <laughs> then you've got mr beasley and craven are just wearing suits like mr beasley is in a normal just maybe like a blue suit with a tie and craven is in more of like a tuxedo like butler's type of suit Mm. um so they're not actually there for the costume party they're just wearing their normal clothing and so 
While they're up in this house and the parade is going on down below, the group is discussing this very valuable diamond ring that is in the house on display in this very nice like built-in display case built into the wall with this like glass or like plexiglass screen in front of it. It's got this, you know, golden post with a blue velvet pillow that the ring is sitting on top of. It's very ornate and very, it's almost like what you would see in a museum, right? Mm -hmm. And they're talking about this beautiful, valuable diamond ring. And I believe it's Brett LeBeau who says that the ring was formerly owned actually by none other than the infamous Marie Antoinette. And that the ring has been passed down through the the LeBeau family for generations. And Scarlett speculates that there are possibly other hidden gems of Marie Antoinette's in the house. And of course, Marie Antoinette, we know her, well, the world knew her as the last (laughs) queen of France before the French Revolution. She was queen from May of 1774 to September of 1792, which was the day that the monarchy was abolished, obviously from the French Revolution. Mm. Her husband was executed by guillotine on like in in 1793. And then she was executed later that same year, pretty much in like this very open plaza. It was like the greatest. They fucking loved executions back then. Which way? Yeah, depending on which side you look at it, it was like the greatest spectacle in Paris at the time. People fucking loved going to public executions back then. Oh, for sure. Even if you were pro royal family. Yeah. It was like, well, it's something to do. (laughs) I guess. So Brett LeBeau, being the oldest living member of the family, he is the one who technically has custody of the ring and of the house that they live in. And Mr. Beasley is here proposing an offer on behalf of his clients, he says, which is why I assume he's like an attorney or maybe he's like a collector of sorts. But yeah, nonetheless, he's trying to negotiate an agreement with the LeBeaux offering to pay 100 sorry <clears throat> i'll give you one hundred thousand dollars <laughs> for that ring in 1972 i should have looked up the conversion yeah it's probably still not more than like a half million though yeah nowadays. it seems like it'd be in the millions it maybe might be in the low millions now but still a yeah, ring from directly from ring? marie antoinette and like that ring must have gone through some shit to be in louisiana because right I did some minor background research on the founding of Louisiana and New Orleans in particular. It was founded way before she was queen. So she would have had to given it to like some other person with the Mississippi company who was going to like check on that. I, but I'm not sure. It doesn't quite whole... make sense that her stuff would be there, but whatever. Did they Go have ahead. kids? Like these are descendants of Marie Antoinette? So that's the not... whole royal family murdered? Yeah, it doesn't seem like the LeBeaux are related to Marie Antoinette. Maybe it's like the, the, she maybe stored a bunch of jewelry there. Maybe their family was part of the revolution. And when they stormed the palace, they they were like, give me that ish. Right, maybe they were, maybe they were the executioner, right? When they chopped their head off, they're like, oh, cute earrings. Ooh, ooh, hey girl, you won't need these where you're going. (laughs) (laughs) Your head's already in a basket. Boink. Boink. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps. This makes more sense. Not descendants, yes. just yeah. Somehow the ring is there, and they own the house. And okay. So gotcha. Yes. 
So while Mr. Beasley is proposing this offer to Brett, Worthington cuts in and says that if this were if this were my ring, I'd accept your offer in a heartbeat. Mr. Beasley, I can't do this accent forever. No, you have to. Damn it. What have I gotten myself into? Stop recording. (laughs) I'll never leave this show. I'm going to like only be speaking in like a deep bayou accent forever now. It's like (laughs) I'll go between whisper scatting in my ears and just only (laughs) talking like this. My family won't even know who I am anymore. the last quote before this one, it did take you a second to get out of it. So I do expect by the end of the episode, you're just going to be talking like that the whole time and not be able to get out of it. I won't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> I sound like a an attorney in the heat of the South. Oh, I need some ice tea, some sweet this tea. This cult room, we need some tea. <laughs> I need some sweet tea to calm me down. Oh, <laughs> oh bless his heart. My stars. <laughs> <laughs> Worthington, though, he's like, I would accept your offer in a heartbeat. What but does he, he say? N- <laughs> if this were my ring, I'd accept your offer in a heartbeat, Mr. Beasley. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Got but it. my brother is much more stubborn than I. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mr. Beasley insists that <laughs> the switch up, I'm sure, is going to sound so hilarious. It's <laughs> so drastic. <laughs> Mr. Beasley insists that making the sale is very important to him and to his client. And obviously he's probably going to get a super nice paycheck for negotiating the sale of this hundred thousand, much more than hundred thousand, but whatever ring. So Brett tells him that, well, that ring is quite simply not for sale. And I will Mm -hmm. say Brett's accent is going to be a lot easier to do than Mr. Beasley and Worthington. It's just a nice Southern. Exactly. So, uh, Mr. Peasley responds, Well, you may be sorry, sir. Very sorry. When you actually, that might be the best one I've done yet. That sounded that was a lot nice like, and raspy. You don't lose your voice by the end of it, and it's gonna be perfect. And then Mr. Beasley storms out of there. Oh, so. Okay. Brett invites the other guests to sit out on the balcony so that they can watch the parade, particularly to see the Chans come by on their float. Mr. Chan, he goes out with them, but Scarlet's like, I've got to go powder my nose. (laughs) This is going to be so long because I just can't, I got to laugh after (laughs) (laughs) all right you can pick and choose when you do it but thank you okay so scarlet has to go powder her nose (laughs) aka the white elephant has given her some supplies i was gonna say nancy's not on the float because she's not in the band you know she's making a little delivery there she's just sliding that right over to scarlet like and thanks for letting us stay here (laughs) and scarlet sliding her some beignets yes (laughs) <laughs> the perfect trade. Uh, and Worthington, he also says that he has to leave to attend another engagement. So it's only Charlie and Brett out on the balcony enjoying the parade. And of course, the Chan clan's performance. But while they're out there and chatting about how great the Smarty Gras Gra is and how the kids are going to remember it for the rest of their lives, an alarm inside of the home begins to sound off alerting Brett that his precious family heirloom passed down from 
Marie Antoinette or stolen from Marie Antoinette <laughs> has again been stolen okay. and, and like zooms to the the display case and we just see like the perfect circle cut in the glass oh. um and the pillow that the ring was resting on is just empty now mm. and so the party guests they all reconvene in the living room and the kids they're done with their their performance so they've all rushed up there and they're kind of like eavesdropping as well on what the adults are talking about and it also looks like a an actual law enforcement officer is present and has been called into the scene. And Mr. Beasley, he's there like, well, it wasn't me. I left the party long before that was stolen. <laughs> Maybe he'll be the only one that I imitate. It is the most <laughs> just be my Beasley. He is. And Worthington, though, he chimes in saying like, well, you could have come back because our door is always unlocked and opened on Mardi Gras, which like, bad idea. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> We think that crime is terrible in America now. The 70s were way worse, okay? And on the drunkest day in America? <laughs> exactly. One of the drunkest yes. days? Mm, and so Beasley responds by saying like, well, you may have stole it then, Worthington, or or maybe even Craven, or maybe Mr. LeBeau himself. But Brett, he takes great offense at Mr. Beasley throwing these accusations around. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is going to be the last one that I do. Like, no, it's now, not. See, now see here, Mr. Beasley. <laughs> but Scarlet stops him, calms him down and says, Mr. Beasley didn't mean it like that. He means no harm. And the law enforcement officer, he's like, all right, well, this clearly seems like perhaps either a, a scuffle between family and family mm -hmm. friends. It's fucking Mardi Gras. There's a lot I'm of crime already happening drunk. On <laughs> and the white elephant, I got to meet her on the way out. I've heard that the white elephant is in town. We're trying <laughs> to figure out who it is. We've got leads, but we don't know. It's also the biggest crime day in New Orleans. Mr. Chan, can you help me with this? And just like, tell me when you found the culprit. Take care of it. <laughs> Take care of this. Mr. Chan is like, absolutely, I'm happy to take over this investigation for you. And so at this point, the children, like I said, they're obvi eavesdropping on the adults' conversation from like various places around the house. And they're all coming up with their own suspicions on who the culprit might be. So we'll break it in to our classic groups of uh, who is going to look into what. But this time, actually, group one, we're going to start out uh, with Charlie Chan himself, and then we'll do oh. the kids later. Okay. So the kids all scatter, right? They go and, you know, look into yeah, their own it's things. it's Mardi Gras. Right. They're out on the streets unsupervised. <laughs> the perfect safest day. <laughs> when In you American said earlier, culture. like, the kids will remember for the rest of their lives, I was like, yeah, those younger ones on the float are getting flashed. They go remember that the rest of their lives. <laughs> the, that shit is burned into their brains. Henry's uninterested. <laughs> He's just thinking about Harim. Uh -huh. uh, Harim would love Mardi Gras. It's such a God. beautiful time. So much <laughs> love in the air. <laughs> I'll write my next song about him yeah. drumming away. Anyways. Anyways, so Charlie, he hangs back at the LeBeau house and he's questioning Brett and Scarlett about the ring. Ooh. And Brett explains to him, like, listen, I'm not really worried about the money. It's more so the fact that the ring has been in the family for generations. And I just, I guess I feel like irresponsible being the one who got it stolen. That makes sense. <laughs> Fair. 
And so Charlie asks Brett how long he's owned the house. And Brett says that actually before he owned the house, it belonged to his father. So it was passed Mm. down to him. And Scarlett Mm. chimes in saying that before Brett's father owned it, her father actually owned the house. And that in fact, her great-grandfather, Beauregard Avondale, built the house. Oh, okay, So. Brett explains the history a bit more, saying that the story is that it was a way station for escaped, well, he says escaped, but what you should have said was runaway slaves oh, in the underground Does he railroad. actually say slaves? He's, yeah, he does say slaves. Yeah, he should Ooh. say escaped enslaved, well, no, yeah, escaped slaves, whatever, in the Underground Railroad. And Scarlet's like, it's not a story, it's true. There are secret passages all over the place. And she adds that her father was so proud of the home that he had built, and it made him very sad to sell it. And I will say, this is a personal point of interest to me, not just because I'm Black and American, <laughs> but <laughs> also one thing. because that one thing, you know, and, but also because the place where I grew up, uh, just outside of Cincinnati, Ohio, is actually yeah. known as a village that had a lot of houses that were way stations during the Underground Railroad. And like, some of my friends' houses growing up in grade school, we'd go hang out. They had secret passageways and tunnels all throughout Whoa. their house. So we would like play tag and hide and go seek in their houses. And like they had these little hidey holes and like little cubbies and stuff and closets that had extra little doors in them that you could go Whoa. through and like hide in. Super cool. So I was like, huh, she actually may be very correct in the way that she's describing this because um, I've seen houses like that before. Yeah. Also, possibly very cool of like the writers of like you said, like her depiction of being like, she might be black. And then her, exactly. like the writers being like, yeah, her, what was it? Great granddad. Great grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Like built this built house this in to New protect Orleans. slaves. Yeah. yeah. As like a black man at that time. So I'm like, yeah. Okay. I was like, okay, cool, yeah, that's writers. true. This is adding up. Yes, very good. Yeah, they they can make Americans look good. It's just also, the other country. <laughs> I'm immediately like, ah, yes, this is why there was only one season because they acknowledged slavery in America. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Like, eh, got it. Yeah, got classic, it. classic America being like, you talked about our history? Oh, God, our yeah. actual history? <laughs> no, thanks. Classic. So, Yes. And so Scarlett, she's getting very sad retelling the story of her grandfather having to sell the house off to, I guess, Brett's father Mm. or yeah, Brett's father, the LeBeau's father. And Brett, he leans in and comforts her saying, well, it's all right, honey, you'll have the house right back when we get married, which I assume is soon. That's right. So it's coming full circle for her. Yeah. Yeah. And so now let's move to group two, which is Henry and Stanley. They go straight on down after leaving the LeBeau house to the Chan van, which is just parked right on the street, probably right outside. And they're sitting in it discussing who the likely culprit might be. And so Stanley suggests that Craven is definitely in on the crime because he just for some reason believes that the butler costume was just a costume and or that the butler is always the one to do the crime so interesting which also as far as this show goes that's never been the case (laughs) but okay but okay Stanley he could but he could be on to something this week we'll see true so they see Craven walking out of the front door of the house and they decide to follow after him in the van 
and he's walking like all over town, kind of like cutting through the parade route and everything. And Chan kids are like having some trouble, like shifting, changing the van into the right thing to to Mm. follow him with. But they eventually see him hop into a car, I guess a few blocks away and take off. So the boys take off after him and they stay on his tail as he drives through these like really deep woods right near the swamp it looks like Mm. and leads them to this old like either revolutionary war or civil war I don't know maybe both era military fort oh I looked it up there are a couple there's like two in New Orleans I'm gonna guess it's a fort called Fort Macomb maybe I don't know but no matter what, I think that what it's used for now is actually just like a museum of sort that's just obviously closed for the night. <laughs> and they just like burst on in there. And of, of course. course, this fort is empty and abandoned on the inside, but it's actually kind of cool. It has all of these like cannons and piles of old cannonballs just lying around on the ground by some of the windows. Ah, so I'm perfect. like, okay, just definitely open definitely weapons laying around. You know, just don't give these boys any matches or lighters <laughs> and all should be fine. <laughs> that too. They already have that. It's too late for that, Grace. It's too late. They're addicted. <laughs> too late. Yes. So much to the boys' surprise, though, it's not actually abandoned in there. There is at least one person inside of this fort, a man who's dressed up as an old timey, like, revolutionary war era soldier but also wearing a masquerade mask yes it would be scary and the soldier dude is chasing the boys all over the fort but henry and stanley are cleverly able to find hiding spots hiding spots each time he closes in on them so eventually while they're running away from this guy they overhear craven in another room behind closed doors saying it's the perfect job. I knew you could do it. How much do I owe you? Ooh. So they're like, oh, this this sounds like he's talking to some sort of accomplice. And it's probably about that diamond ring. And so they burst into the room to make a citizen's arrest, as per usual. <laughs> and they're like, hand over the ring, Craven. And Craven's like standing there having a suit tailored. <laughs> He's like, it's like a military suit. Oh my like God, a modern day. Be, oh, I was going to say, is he a reenactor? <laughs> oh gosh. Hold on. Go on. And you see Go like on. this poor old tired tailor, like his sleeves are rolled up. His He's got a tie on that's like all loosened and he like looks hot and sweaty. He's like taking measurements of like Craven's like waist and his leg and everything is inseam. Uh-huh. And Craven's just like, Oh, well, it's Master Henry and Master Stanley. Hey, boys. And the boys are like, why are you wearing that weird costume? You can't fool us. And Craven is like, well, I am actually a colonel in the National Guard. (laughs) (laughs) And it's drill night tonight. We're doing a presentation for Mardi Gras. So like, yes, kind of what you said, like he's not in costume, but it's clearly like a Mardi Gras sort of parade event or whatever that the old, like the National Guard gets together and does probably at this like historic museum or something. Yeah, I was about to ask like, why the fuck are they at that, this place? But yeah, that makes sense that it would be there. Which, again, makes me realize that pretty sure the dude chasing them is also in the National Guard, but he yeah. is in, like, their traditional costume. Yes. And is probably just, like, 
why are these men in here? This is like military slash like state property. Right, he's this like, get these drunk kids yeah. out. Yeah. He's like, I've no, had guys, to I'm, 10 I'm others tra- today. He's like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to just tell you where the audience is supposed to be. You're not <laughs> supposed to be in here. We're doing drills. Doors don't open this till is, six. Yeah, this is close to the public. <laughs> It's so Craven like very kindly invites the boys to stay and watch them march, but they're like, oh no, we actually have to like get back to the Lebos. And then they just book it out of there and they leave. (laughs) And then we've got group three, Susie, Alan, Tom, and Anne. And so Anne, aka Jodie Foster, is suggesting (laughs) that Scarlet may be the crook. But Tom tells her, like, yeah, right, that's unlikely. Not only is it unlikely, but it's um, improbable because Scarlet's a woman. Women don't commit crimes, duh. Uh, Maybe this was before, like, I don't know, Casey Anthony and Eileen Walrus or whatever. (laughs) All these people. (laughs) Just you wait, Tom, just you wait. Although, sorry, allegedly, Casey Anthony for the lawyers (laughs) listening. Please don't sue us. (laughs) So Anne gets defensive and tells her siblings I want to murder so many people you don't even know. You even know it. And basically what she says, not her personally, but she's like, come on, a woman can be just as good of a criminal as any man can. And the siblings yeah. kind of laugh at her like, please, like, I think you're going crazy. Mm. Which, okay, fair. I mean, the statistics do point in Tom's favor in this case. Yes. But there you are never want to rule anyone out. killers even Absolutely. before this crime. Right well before and more even more likely there are women burglars you know like yeah. i'm sure a lot of women stole jewelry yeah exactly so anyway majority rule wins out though the group decides to follow beasley rather than scarlet to see mm-hmm. what he may know about the stolen ring and so beasley he walks back to his home like going all throughout new orleans on this late at night on mardi gras Mm -hmm. and after the coast is all clear the kids just waltz right into his home right after him they don't leave it unlocked on mardi gras no one does apparently no one does it's safe in 1972 in america (laughs) and so beasley just being a big killers prime time So Beasley being this hotshot Southern lawyer, he actually has quite a large house. It's got this like nice gated entryway with this nice garden and like patio area when you walk in. And there's like at least maybe like eight bedrooms on the upper level, like just this hallway lined with doors on both Mm. sides. And naturally, after doing the classic B&E, the kids, <laughs> they go on upstairs and they actually like look through all these different doors, like opening them all up, trying to find him. But just as they're about to open the last door at the end of the hallway, they hear Beasley talking on the other side saying, well, I don't want to leave it there too late. I'd better come and pick it up now. And so the kids, they're like, oh shit, he's talking about the diamond ring. He's about to go get it from somewhere. So before they hear him open up the door or before that he gets a chance to open up the door, they book it from upstairs, run back downstairs and outside and like hide, you know, on between mm. behind all these bushes and stuff on the patio to make sure that Beasley doesn't see them as he makes his way out to his next destination. Mm. 
And so they follow him again on this dark night in Louisiana Deep on Mardi Gras, the drunkest night in America, probably. <laughs> they follow him to a costume store in the city that's okay. almost entirely deserted on the inside because it's probably getting ready to close and yes, everyone they, already has their costumes. <laughs> yeah. But while they're walking through this costume, which honestly, it's like a warehouse. It's massive. Like there's like a utility elevator and this long wooden staircase that goes up. They're walking all over looking for Beasley. But they end up getting chased by someone wearing an astronaut costume in there. Okay. And just as they escape the clutches of this astronaut, they then like, they pause and they catch their breath on this other side of the warehouse and then they start getting chased even scarier by someone in a clown suit. Nope. <laughs> no, absolutely no. not. And this isn't just like, this isn't like a party clown. This isn't like Ronald McDonald. This is a clown that has razor sharp teeth, no. wild orange hair, and like no. menacing eyes. No, absolutely no. not. Big no, big no. And so the I'm clown I'm tripping man, my siblings and getting away. I'm getting them out of behind there. as bait. Um, is Nancy in this group? No, Nancy's not in this group. Darn it. I was like, the clumsiest of you all is the sacrifice. <laughs> Sorry. What, yep, that's like, just how we it, have to get out of here. That's how it works now. This is a cursed <laughs> Sorry, ground. Girl. I'm mm-hmm. leaving this state and never coming back. Never, ever. Sorry about Absolutely your ring. terrifying. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, dad, like that you're going to, you, you have missing kids now, but like it was either one of us or all of us. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> You've got nine it's called natural selection. You'll be fine. <laughs> You have so many of us. Yes. And so this, this terrifying clown man, he's chasing them all over this costume shop slash warehouse. And to get them, to get him off of their tails, Jodie Foster, she pulls some badass shit. All right. Hell yeah, she, does. she stands and is like standing in that utility elevator that I mentioned, like as bait, mm-hmm. like, hey, come here, come get me, come get me. But when the clown runs in to grab her, it's revealed that she's not actually standing in the elevator, but that she's put like a wooden plank in the shaft that she's standing (gasps) on. And she like jumps off the plank and the clown, he doesn't realize there's a plank there. So he just falls, he runs in and falls down this elevator shaft. He's dead. And they they look down. This is the second murder Anne's been involved in. The gladiator? No, this clown? Not this clown. They look down. The clown is like laid out, like arms sprawled, and you just see like stars over his head. So they're like trying to imply that he's still alive, but he's just knocked out. Nah, that dude's dead. If nothing else, he's got a broken back and a concussion, and And no no one one knows knows he's he's down there. (laughs) He's fucking gone. He'll never. He's never gonna walk again. That poor man. On one hand, I'm like, he has a terrifying clown scaring kids. So. Maybe, but also Anne. Anne. Anne, 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 Jody. Like Jody. maybe it's self-defense. Maybe. Maybe this was just a <laughs> drunken man who fell asleep in the costume shop on Mardi Gras <laughs> on his way home. He was confused. He was confused. Third and option. Now he's paralyzed. <laughs> maybe this was the final ten- uh, test for Anne to be Nancy's bodyguard. 
Nancy's, Nancy's watching in a window. Just Nancy's not in the scoop, but she's peering in like excellent. Well done, Anne. Yeah, well she's done. Anne's becoming a maid back for Nancy's game. She's got to kill a couple guys to be able to hang with the white elephant. You see, like Nancy looking out of the window, and then she just like backs up and disappears into the night. Fog, swampy fog rolls in, like takes over the window. Yeah, Uh, much. And so now that this clown man is paralyzed at the bottom of the elevator shaft, (laughs) the kids they're like, okay. Well, we may have just killed that man, so we should probably get out of here and get back to our dad and never speak of this moment again. <laughs> just like the gladiator? No, don't say the no. words. The what? The who? I don't know Let's what you're go. talking about. We've never been to Greece a day in our lives. <laughs> All records were wiped from that trip. <laughs> yes. Which, just like they were yeah, for the CIA now. actually may have wiped them because they mm-hmm. didn't want any, they didn't want history to know that Charlie Chan was in on that. Yeah, that's yep. a violent military coup. So anyway, they <laughs> overhear just as they're trying to leave this costume shop. They overhear Beasley again behind closed doors mm. in the costume store, the costume store's office, saying, "I told you I wouldn't need any help. Getting in was easy, of course. I may need, I may need your help later on to get out." And so the kids, they, again, interpret this as some sort of confession, like, oh, he was easily able to get in to steal the ring, but he's going to need someone's help getting out of this tight situation. Mm. So they burst into the office thinking that they're going to catch him red handed. But when they open it, they open the door and they tell him they've heard everything he says. The camera like pans to Mr. Beasley and we just see him. (laughs) wearing like a full knight's armor costume <laughs> like helmet and all with like i think like the little the red plume. Effort, the plume whatever yeah <laughs> hanging off like obviously it's a costume and mr Beasley's like well yeah i meant every word getting into this costume was really easy but getting out's gonna be tough <laughs> it's very heavy armor and so Mr. Beasley explains, like, I just can't wait for the grand costume ball tonight. Are you guys going? Like asking if ball. these kids are going to this costume party. No rules on Mardi Gras, baby. No, and he's like, hey, I've seen toddlers in places they <laughs> should not be. All right. It's Nolans on, on Mardi <laughs> Gras. Anything happens. And so the kids realizing how much they too have effed up this whole investigation and misread the sitch. They're like, ah, nope, we're uh, actually going to go get some sleep. It's our bedtime, which it probably actually is. Yes. So they book it on out of there as well and head also, back to real the quick. Road. Yeah. I just imagine the last words before they like decide to leave are Mr. Beasley being like, oh, yeah, well, now I got to go find my date around here. They're dressed up as a clown tonight. Man, I think I'm going <laughs> to, tonight was going to be the night pose. <laughs> My oh, wife my thought the clown outfit would be a weird one, but I said, no, 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 a clown in a night at a party together. Do you know how cute that'll be? I can't wait to get down on one knee. Just and like on the night we met. <laughs> and what would become the king Mardi queen Gras of Mardi Gras? Ago. Yeah. I will get down on one, one arm on knee and propose to her to be the knight of her heart. Uh-huh. And the kids are like, huh? 
Wow, you know, and actually, did you happen to see a man in an astronaut suit? That's my son as well. <laughs> we're having a whole family affair tonight at the costume gala. We were going to tell our son that, well, my clown wife is now pregnant with his younger sister. <laughs> He's always wanted a younger sister and well, we're finally giving it to him. I've never been so happy day in my life. They like press the button for the elevator, like, huh, it seems the elevator's out of order. <laughs> How are we going to get downstairs in time for this party? They hear the door slam of like the front door of the kids fleeing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Yikes. You have to be Whoops. pregnant. <laughs> Sorry to make Whoops. that really dark. Double homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the most lawless night in, in New Orleans. <laughs> we were never here. <laughs> the kids also go into the fog yeah. of the swamp. And speaking of fog, we now have <laughs> group four. Flip Nancy, Mimi, and Scooter. Out on the dark streets of New Orleans, again, on Mardi Gras, the oldest of this group being like 10 years old. (laughs) And they suspect that Worthington is the prime suspect. And so they're mostly following Flip's lead on this one. But Mimi chimes in, noting that in books, classically, specifically mystery books, the younger child is always jealous of the older child because of the inheritance. Again, a callback to your last episode, where I won't give away what the crime was or who the culprit was. Shit happens. There's clearly some drama going on between an older brother who was a sultan and a younger brother who was like the head of government head of state in this country also as mimi says it mm -hmm. she looks at nancy (laughs) jealous of her Mm -hmm. her already huge fortune she's a mass from this cocaine empire (laughs) oh god nancy or mimi's gonna have a coup one day of her older sister go on she is she is so they decide to follow worthington lebeau around town to see exactly what he is up to. And of course, though, Flip is pretty smart here. He's like, we better stay back, though. We got to keep our distance. And so as it turns out, Worthington is wearing a costume that happens to be quite popular for young men in New Orleans on Mardi Gras. Uh Because we see multiple men coming in and out of this nearby store, all wearing the same like blue jester slash musketeer Mm. outfit, walking along the streets and we see like this cloud of fog kind of pour through the city nancy disappears (laughs) yes (laughs) finally from the (laughs) groups my cover which is is why i said speaking of fog before (laughs) bringing it all together and the kids kind of mix up like which guy is actually worthington like they think that they see the same guy just kind of walking back and forth on the streets and they're like oh shoot there he is we better follow him uh hint it's not actually worthington that they're following i'll just say it right now at all yes (laughs) so the kids they follow this guy through a very dark and densely wooded swamp again of course without any adult supervision (laughs) 
There's and they wind up in that swamp. This is bad probably, idea. probably. Scooter literally could be eaten. I'm not <laughs> sure if Choo Choo is with them, but Scooter He's being the youngest, the smallest. Yeah, you just hear like, Help! see an alligator like dragging him into a swamp. Yes. Oh, yes. Bye, Scooter. Wow, nice. we're going to lose two kids tonight one to the clown, one to the gators. <laughs> so, this group of tiny children, they wind up trailing this man who is not Worthington LeBeau. Oh, they trail God. him right into a cemetery, Grace, where they believe this he man is, is a serial killer. He might be. And I forget who it is, if it's Mimi or Nancy, but one of them is like, um, should we? call for help yes (laughs) at this point like that's a cemetery we should not be going in there we should even be on our own right now he's burying a body yes without a doubt flip flip considers for a second but then he sees this man getting deeper into the cemetery and he's like no there's no time we just got to go after him so they go into this dark and closed clearly closed for the night cemetery and follow after him but they seem to like have lost track of him because they're just like standing there right next to like all of these like half dug graves like you just see piles of dirt out and like these small holes being stuck so, like, you know what? the grave did are they celebrates mardi gras too <laughs> yeah they, they were out getting drunk and stuff they had to build up the liquid courage to carry through with the job they're like i don't know if i can do this without like an entire Shit. 40 ounce and like two 40 <laughs> ounces in my system yeah and so uh while the kids are standing there in this very spooky creepy dark and like i said closed for the night cemetery they end up getting spooked by a bat that is flying overhead. And as they're like running around and trying to avoid this bat that's chasing them, they then run into a ghost, just, you know, the classic white draped over with the big, Mm. you know, the black eyes that pops up from behind one of the tombstones and chases them around. And then they get cornered by another tombstone that is being guarded by a witch, actually, like the classic witch with the pointed hat and everything, the long fingernails cackling at them. And so they're being chased by those things and they keep running around. But no, that's not enough. They are then... They then encounter a skeleton that legit crawls out of a grave and starts running after this them. This episode has gone too far. <laughs> the clown like, and now this? The astronaut was the best thing. It was like, okay, whatever. But then the scary clown. And then the ghost. And then the witch. And now and a skeleton, skeleton coming out of a grave. grave. That's, the, that's no. the line, is the out of the grave. And also, I'm like, yeah, out of the grave. Like, what? It could have just been standing there. That would have been one yeah. thing, but literally crawling, like clawing and crawling its way yeah. up to scare them. And at this point, the kids finally decide, okay, let's get the fuck out of this cemetery <laughs> and head back yes. to Lobos before we get murdered by any one of these monsters and or honestly, probably just drunken adults in costumes. Exactly. Who are grave robbing and see these kids walking through there and they're like, yeah, they're oh, like, let's the scare out. these. Get out of here. We're yeah. fucking robbing these The skeleton graves, probably man. was drunk and fell into the grave. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he, he's just drunkenly trying to get out. Yeah, like, he's like, help. help. Oh, God. I threw up in there. <laughs> God, it's, don't go down there, kids. It's fucking crazy. 
oh where but, am like, i and he's like stumbling after them and they're like oh god he's trying to kill us but they have like such like thick like true like louisiana bayou accents that the kids can't understand so they think they're just like moaning and groaning at them yeah, when exactly. in reality, they're like kids you need to get out of here this is inappropriate where are your parents this is but they just can't understand it but it's just i'm like this and they're all running after them <laughs> running away run and so we've got our conclusion here obviously these chan kids none of them really met a lot of success in their investigations no. so they've all returned to the lebeau house and they're sitting there in the living room like you know sorry we couldn't you know we couldn't find whoever the thief was mr lebeau like it's rough out there on these streets tonight i mean have you seen this place you should lock your door and is it like thousand yard stair road just like sitting by herself like i just wanted i just murdered some woman and her unborn child <laughs> she's just like totally withdrawn she's like hearing the police sirens that they heard when they were running away from the swamp she's hearing them oh everywhere God, they're, gonna go, they're gonna come get me they're gonna come get me <laughs> Nancy walks by and she's like, get it together. You did well, Anne. <laughs> Anne's like, what are you talking about? She's like, Nancy wasn't even there. She's like, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. Seen We're going to be okay. <laughs> and she like squeezes a little tighter on her shoulder. <laughs> what do you mean? It hurts. <laughs> you don't know what I've done. I know everything you've done. Nancy's okay, white colors. elephant. <laughs> Anne's colors drains from her face even more. Okay, all white. <laughs> so, as the kids are all collecting their nerves, they're talking and talking, and you know, apologizing to Brett and Scarlett for not being able, being so able to. Like, find why the would thief. you have solved this? Your children. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, that's fine. We didn't, were you we in bed? You, we thought you guys were still in the parade like don't worry about it and so they all kind of pause and they're like hey wait a minute where's dad at where did he go and brett and scarlet are like you know we haven't seen them in a minute actually we don't know where he went the last we heard you know we were explaining to him the history of this house and so just as the kids are asking about where charlie is they hear him say well let me say this Brett is still saying like, yeah, we don't know where he is, but yes, thank you kids for looking into the crime, I suppose. We didn't know you were, but at this point, you know, it's been a couple of hours now. I don't think we're going to find who stole it. And Charlie then says, at least we hear his voice, not just oh, no. yet, Mr. LeBeau. And we see Charlie standing in the wall behind I the case it. that was holding the ring. Like oh. there's just like a few bricks that were pulled out of it. And you like see his face popping through those openings in the wall. I was like, he's definitely going to be in a tunnel, but I did not think he was yes. going to be right behind the case. Right behind, exactly. Okay. And so confused, Brett's like, well, Charlie, how did you get in there? And, and what do you mean? Charlie. Charlie. What you doing back there, boy? <laughs> and so Charlie's like, well, perhaps Ms. Avondale would like to explain. <gasps> yeah. And yeah, I'm not even going to give you a chance to guess who did it because the way that this episode flows, it's Do you just like. you want to hear what my guess was though? Yes. Yeah. Let me hear it. 
before we talk about how Miss Avondale was, has anything to do with this. That's why I was giggling a second ago is because my answer was going to be, you had asked me, I hope she got it was that clown and her unborn child. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to God it was them and they were horrible because then, criminals. Because then we've got some justification for Anne. <laughs> Yeah, the baby like had as, the unborn child had something to do with it too. It, it drove the woman to madness. <laughs> Hysteria. Um, yes. Yeah, I think like I think um, like Charlie's about to be like, well, now like it's definitely why doesn't what he's about to say, Miss <laughs> yeah. Avondale and Anne's like the clown. Why doesn't the clown the tell clown. us what it was? Right, right. <laughs> and like, what are you talking about, what Anne? Clown? And Anne's like the clown and her unborn daughter. <laughs> what <laughs> um miss avondale you stole the ring and what <laughs> avondale, put the huh? ring back we need to go talk about this right now yeah <laughs> anyway like, you know what and don't worry we'll find a way to make it look like it was the clown i guess miss beasley's <laughs> wife let's <laughs> hit it on beasley the whole time his fingerprints are all over the place it's easy <laughs> Nancy know. is like my people are already planting broken bottles all around yes. her to make sure it looks like a drunk accident everyone's like what nothing what nothing may I have a beignet <laughs> please with jelly on the side <laughs> please uh, it's like a jelly donut <laughs> everyone's like so the ring they all like so. scoot slightly away from those two yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anne is still like shaking like thousand yard stare and Nancy's just like licking powdered sugar off of her fingers actually cocaine okay. Nancy goes Anne have a little bit of this it'll help and just like puts it in her gums for her yeah. Ah, um yeah folks this is why we warned you you have to go back and listen to last week's episode to understand what in the hell we are talking about right now it all comes together. It all makes sense. Um, Trust us. But anyway, so anyways, Charlie that says to Brett that Miss Avondale is able to explain all of this. And Brett is even more confused and says, Scarlett, what is Charlie talking about? Aww. But she plays dumb like, well, I haven't the faintest <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh, no. I know, my stars. Oh, what my is he stars. doing accusing me? <laughs> so Charlie, he walks out from behind the wall and into the living room. And he is, in fact, holding the beautiful oh, LeBeau yeah. slash Marie Antoinette <laughs> diamond ring. And he's just like, oh, that won't do, Mrs. Avon Ms. Avondale. Ooh. And Brett asks Mr. Chan where he found the ring. And Mr. Chan says, I found it right where Miss Avondale left it, in the secret room behind the fireplace, where they used to hide runaway slaves, which I dare say is covered with her fingerprints. Stares at Miss Avondale like, mm, am I right or am I right? And she's <laughs> oh, and she's just like stars. crying with her hands covering her face like, oh mm. no, I've been caught. And so Flip congratulates his father on a job well done and asks, well, what tipped you off, Dad? And Charlie's like, well, Miss Avondale was just so adamant in her belief that this was part of the Underground Railroad, this this house, and that proved. Um, or sorry, which proved that she had firsthand knowledge of the tunnels of which she spoke. Okay. So 
Charlie pretty much just searched around the house until he found like and secret like, rooms and yeah yeah pretty much like pulling books off of stuff probably <laughs> like pushing like bookshelves out of the way Ranger, or like looking yeah. through closets for doors <laughs> for extra doors and hidden passageways and he's like yeah and so I found the secret room and the ring was just right in there which I didn't really think about it until reading this out loud today but like why would she put the hole in the front of it and steal it that way instead of just some... going into the secret room and I bet I mean I, it doesn't really matter be like someone else stole True, it like an external point, yeah. person yeah. stole it it would make otherwise, it look like an inside job yeah yeah exactly otherwise it'd be like well clearly it's still here because no glass has been smashed right true that's a good point all right so yeah i guess this is the end of their engagement (laughs) yeah exactly and that's my next line Anne is super vindicated she's now slightly distracted from the trauma of just murdering a woman and her unborn child and she's vindicated at the idea that yes you see a woman can be a criminal because i too am one i mean because miss avondale See, we're in this together. I mean, you stole a ring. You are a criminal. Goes back to the thousand yards. Can we please get the fuck out of New Orleans as soon as possible? And just the end of the episode. CIA contacts. Remember the the gladiator. I need oh god. I need some cover. I I need cover quick. she's suddenly remembering like oh god the gladiator this isn't my first time they like had to hypnotize like memory erase it from her it's like uh, i don't know if you've seen men in black but they have like those um like memory like lashes the light and then you forget everything they like find mr beasley and do it to him too like (laughs) you don't have a son you weren't about to propose to this woman in the clown outfit she was not pregnant you don't even know who she is they do it to Anne books it out of there. <laughs> yeah, just for safe measure. Like, you forgot that I even just wiped your memory. <laughs> wow. Uh, Ooh, great job. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the arc of the amazing Chan and the Chan clan. Wow. Boy, oh boy, did we just rewrite history there. <laughs> Well, okay, before we reflect on the the series, like we yeah. do in our last episode, my question is, why was she stealing the ring? Was it like, was she doing like a long con of like, my granddad had to sell this house to this guy's dad. So if I marry him, then I'm going to get myself back in the wheel, get this house back, but I'm going to need some extra cash. So I'm going to steal mm-hmm. the ring. Was this like a long well, fake It is a long con. con. I think it's she was definitely in the long con. I unfortunately for Brett, don't think she really loved him. I think she was no, like, I gotta find the person who's owning this house. Thank God he's kind of in my age range. I'm gonna pretend <laughs> I love him. We're gonna get married. Because yeah. my my thought is she they don't really give her, they don't explain her motive. Of so not. yes, we do now have to wildly speculate and put it yes. together for the writers. Thanks, William <laughs> Hannah and Joseph As Barbera. Usual. Uh, so in the beginning, she said that the ring, well, she suspected that there were other gems oh, yeah, and in the house. valuables hidden somewhere else in the house that just hadn't been discovered yet. So my thought is that maybe this, oh, but her great-grandfather bought the house. 
So I don't know, maybe somehow the ring was found in there. I don't know. And she has this belief that it's hers because the house was originally hers. Exactly. And so she's like, no, I want that ring. I need it. It's it's part of my family property. Or, you know, or maybe not. She just wanted it to sell it. And yeah, she was was like, I'm not actually going to marry this dude. I just want the ring. It's like, it's worth way more than a hundred thousand dollars. But even if it was a hundred thousand dollars, like, yeah, that could do you a lot back in the seventies in the South. I mean, I'd hightail it out of there. Weddings are expensive. Maybe they need that. And she need that insurance money to help pay for some (laughs) of that wedding. Yeah. And she obviously wants the house and is going to con him into it and stuff. But like, maybe she was like, man, that wedding, it's adding up real quick. I'm going to need some extra cash on hand. Yeah. Insurance fraud. Steal that um, ring. Give me that. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, hey, your guess Could is as good as mine. Again, <laughs> they didn't really want to go into the details. They just needed to show that, yes, women can be criminals as well. Whether mm-hmm. it's interpersonal theft, cold double homicide, <laughs> anything in between. Whatever. We contain multitudes, fair. us women. <laughs> We're, We're complex beings. Peel back the layers. <laughs> and you find a different criminal under each layer. <laughs> uh, well, at least for Anne, it wasn't premeditated murder. So maybe <laughs> that'll give her a little bit of some, you know, She's some leeway. Yeah. And it's not the yeah. first cover up for her. So no, they've got no. the cleanup Nancy, crew routine down. Nancy will get her out of it. She'll be, <laughs> she'll be walking the streets of New Orleans again in no time. No time. <laughs> Anne's never going back to New Orleans or Greece. She can't quite also, figure out why, but she just inherently hates those places yeah. as an adult. She's like, oh, they just give me the, oh, the creeps. For some reason, I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel like something really wrong happened in those places and also i mean i think so like scarlet lives in this house with the with brett if they do live there yeah like do they really need to call law enforcement i get can you just be like give me the ring back engagements over get out of my life problem yeah this isn't i mean is it really that it's 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 not burglary, but I guess it's theft. She didn't like break in, but yeah. like, you know, she, never, she, she moved it, but she didn't actually leave with it. It was still right, she in the house. She was just said, I was going to claim insurance fraud and then give it back to us. So this was for my yeah. love for you, Brett. Yeah. Now we have money. Maybe they are still getting married. She actually was just stealing the ring because she's like, I want this to be the wedding ring. My ring. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you gave Put me this with, one mm, on my finger. Yeah. No one got beheaded for the one that you gave me. I hmm. only take rings of murdered royalty. <laughs> of people who have been beheaded and it's whose governments standards. have been overthrown by revolution. <laughs> <laughs> it's called standards. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, learn a thing or two about it. Also, while, um, like when they call the actual cops, like if he does report her, like it's like the new cop on the beat who's like, I... There's been so many homicides tonight. Well, you lost a ring. It's between a husband and wife, fiance. I don't know. Fucking figure it out, Chance here. I just, we, Chris, this is multiple homicides that have happened this evening. I got to get back. It was a clown. I'm terrified. I got to go. The newbie just like leaves. He like walks in like super sad, like, 
you guys won't believe the crime scene I just came from. A woman who was eight months pregnant. Very clearly, visibly pregnant. Murdered. <laughs> we're arresting dead. her son the and husband, husband or fiance right now. They were the only they ones were there. at the crime scene, but their fingerprints are <laughs> they're not anywhere over her. But he was wearing metal finger. They, they, they both had gloves on as a spaceman and a knight. It just I've never He's, seen anything so cold. It was a horrifying sight. <laughs> like, thousand yards staring. The guy's like the newbie's sitting down and just pouring himself like a glass like of whiskey, whiskey that like Nancy's pouring for him. <laughs> and is just like shaking pale white behind Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's like, it's okay. I got this. I got this. So I heard there were two other people at the scene of the crime. <laughs> Have you put your finger on either of them yet? He's like, How did you know that? Drink your whiskey drink your whiskey i heard she was drunk even though she was eight months pregnant heard she had a drinking problem already this wasn't her I first kid she, she drank while pregnant he's like like how did so, you it's so drink up that staged. like why would there just be like a whole brick of cocaine just like busted open right there and just broken bottles everywhere like, <gasps> nancy's yeah, like that should do it <laughs> nancy's like i heard it was a drug deal gone wrong with that drunk <laughs> of a woman that harlot she wasn't even married beasley was actually the one who orchestrated the whole deal <laughs> Nancy's like people are on the case like fudging like receipts to show that like Beasley was one of their customers they're like torturing Beasley into like saying something that kind of could be like taken as a confession of guilt <laughs> like so what are you gonna tell them when they ask you Beasley like holding a gun to his head or something what are you gonna say uh, I, I was in I was in the store I, I, I got lost I was drunk I don't know what happened that's right. Beasley. Take another shot of whiskey for when they test your blood alcohol. They like have like his son, unless you want to lose another kid tonight. Like holding him over the elevator shaft. Like we can push him down there any minute now. Then you'll both take the fall. It'll look like a struggle. Like punch Beasley in the eye to make it look like he like got fought off. I watched way too much True Detective this week. Holy shit. Uh, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's Amazing. all Nancy. It all comes it's back. Nancy. It always comes, it back, comes back to the to white Nance. elephant. <laughs> wow. The Chan family. This show is amazing. I'm so glad you came across it. Yes, me too. It's we highly recommend. Yes. Prime seventies comedy mystery. Yeah. Like it has it all. It does. It has all the continuity errors and reuse cell animation from a strung out cheap animation studio. Yeah. Yes. A borderline bankrupt animation studio. They were desperate. Yes. Wow. Uh, well, it has Jodie Foster. Yeah, Foster. Most importantly, Maybe it treats more. the Chinese American family very, very respectably yes. and does not actually at all paint them in, in our opinion in any sort of like 
over stereotyped or even like remotely racist sort of way just an average family aside from Anne, the double homicide committer (laughs) the murderer the white elephant (laughs) uh but other than that beyond that normal normal it's great who knows there's unfortunately you know there's only one season of this show so Grace and I have covered half, literally, of <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan. There's only eight other episodes, but hey, yeah. that's enough for us to do one more arc. So hey, who knows? Maybe exactly. one day in the Stay future, tuned. we'll come back. We'll finish this show off. But wow. you know, Amazing. we're very excited, very, very excited to do the show that we're going to do next, yes. as we, we hinted are. at the beginning of today's episode. So yes. until we come back with our new show next week, Grace. Who should they tell about this podcast? Man, I think you should tell a Civil War reenactor. Have we done that one already? I don't think so. Not. Um, I feel like we've done some sort of reenactor, but not the Civil War. Yeah. To my knowledge. Civil War reenactor. I can't think when else we would have talked about the Civil War. Yeah, I don't think so. So, because here's the thing, like, during those reenactments, if you're someone who, like, gets shot, quote unquote, early, you just got to lay there for a while. So, like, until, like, like, two hour reenactment. Yeah. So, just, like, plug in your AirPods, play this Uh podcast while you're just, like, taking a nap in in the sun while everyone runs around you and is screaming and stuff. Just plug on those. But put those uh, AirPods on in and just listen. Yeah. Our nice soothing little voices here. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Who else? And uh, let's see. Then also go and uh, find someone who owns a costume shop or a costume oh. warehouse. See if they have an elevator. Check the bottom of the shaft. Make sure there's the yeah, watches down there. <laughs> and tell them to check out Saturday Morning Mysteries. <laughs> And especially this episode to look for some workplace hazards. Yes. Yeah. Don't put any wooden planks are not enough to to keep someone from. Did not have workplace standards. Yeah. I don't know when OSHA came around, but I think it was after like the 80s or something. Buy you costume shop yet. No, no, no. Oh, and hopefully they don't anytime soon because (laughs) Anne will be in trouble if they do. (laughs) So on that note. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmorneMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.